Welcome to Recognize Your Truth. I am your host, Lisa Williams. This is the podcast that offers motivation and inspiration to act, speak, and think in ways that make a positive impact on your life. Each week, we bring you a message or a guest that offer you tools to live up to your full potential. I literally pinch myself every time I record a new podcast. This is a dream that has been eight years in the making, and I'm so grateful that you are spending a part of your day with me. Hey, Elise, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be talking to you. Yes, Lisa, I'm so excited. Just so love like who you are and what you've built, what you've created. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun in this conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining me. So let's just dive right in and kind of give me a little bit of background about what you do and how you got to where you are. Sure. I will try to keep it as brief as possible. <laughs> and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So high level, um, I'm a, I, I call myself a visibility coach. Um, and really what that means is I work with entrepreneurs um, and professionals to help them become more visible in their space and in their industry. And um, the backstory to that, as with many backstories, I would say, has, it's been a long and winding road. Um, but I grew up always wanting to be more visible in my family, specifically with my dad. I remember right up, like always uh, wanting to be noticed, to be seen, and never really feeling like I could quite get that the way I wanted it. Sure. So, um, so that I think that shaped a lot of who I was growing up. And professionally, when I first graduated college, um, I'd gone to school for journalism. I'd always been very creative, always enjoyed writing, creating. Um, but the only way I knew to make money was to go the corporate route. So I went into sales um, in my early 20s. You know, I was making six figures, had a nice house, had a nice car, like had kind of created the lifestyle that I thought I was supposed to that would make me happy. And on the outside, I think anyone looking in would think, gosh, she's got it all. Like she's got a great social circle. She makes good money. She's, you know, doing the thing in her early 20s. But I'll tell you what, on the inside, I was really, really struggling. And I was in a marriage to a recovering alcoholic. Um, I was struggling privately with an eating disorder. And it was like, I had smothered so much of who I really was in the process of becoming who I thought I needed to be in order to be liked, to be accepted, et cetera, um, that I was in a really, really dark place. And I remember it was around that time, um, I didn't like being alone with my thoughts because when I was alone with my thoughts, I had to actually face how messed up my life was. And so that was when I started listening to podcasts. And um, I'd never been a podcast listener, but I discovered them. And that's really what introduced me to the whole world of personal development. That was never something that we'd really talked about as kids. We grew up in a really um, academic household. Things were very like linear, scientific. And so we never really talked about personal development. And I, I remember coming across the podcast from this guy named Rory Vaden. And he talked about, he really opened my eyes to the world of personal development and opened my mind that gosh, I could literally change my entire life circumstance simply by starting to, to honor who I was on the inside. And I started this like unraveling process of leaving the marriage, 
getting help with the eating disorder, changing some of my social circles, habits in general. That was also the time that I left the corporate job, which though it was high paying and had created a lot of financial success for me, there was a lot of just bad stuff going on in that, in that company I needed to get out. So I left it and I left to go start my own company. And it's a long story, but I actually ended up going into business with Rory, who had um, who ran that podcast that first introduced me to personal development. And to this day, I'm actually his business partner along with his wife, AJ. And we've got about 15 other individuals who we work with now. Um, but it's been quite a journey of unraveling all the things I thought I was supposed to do and thought I was supposed to be. And there's been a lot that's even happened in that realm in the past year, which I'm happy to speak to if that's helpful. But that's that's the short version. Wow. <laughs> where I am. Yeah. Um, gosh, that has been a journey. And I could relate to you in so many ways, just listening to different parts of that you know, being married to an alcoholic myself in the past, um, you know, I understand. And so can we go back and touch on that a little bit and touch maybe a little bit on your eating disorder? Because really what I want to find out, Elise, is how did you transform your mind from where you were? So um, just because I know, you know, you're giving your power away, you are completely becoming or have become somebody that you no longer feel um, even resonates with with your own beliefs. And I could truly, truly understand that. And I, I, I know that. So let's kind of go back there and just tell me a little bit about where your headspace was. Sure, sure. With uh, with the marriage or with the eating disorder? With, with both. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I, you know, I take full responsibility for everything that's happened in my life. And I think with the marriage, I think I so badly wanted validation um, and I so badly wanted um, to be seen specifically by men that uh, I ended up marrying this guy who I, I should never have married him. And I knew it going into it. I never struggled with panic attacks or anything in my life, but I had those consistently leading up to the marriage, but I just didn't want to let people down. So then once I was in it, it was like, it, it honestly felt like a prison. I knew I had made a mistake, but it was like, we had just gotten married. I, I remember we, like the night we got married, I was just bawling. I was crying. I was so upset that I had gone through with it, but I hadn't seen any other way out. And then we, we were only married for about 14 months. So it was short. Uh, but yeah, while I was in it, it was really, really hard. Um, cause you know, I think for anyone who gets married, whether you're in a, you're in a situation like I was, or even whether you start off and you're like, this is going to be a lifetime thing and it's going to be amazing. And then it starts to change. There's, I think so many societal expectations of this is for your life. This is like, it is your wifely duty or your husbandly duty to support your partner through the ups and downs. And, you know, he was on his own journey too. So I don't have ill will. You know, I did things in the relationship I'm not proud of. He probably did things in the relationship he's not proud of, but it was just the combination of us together was really toxic. And I had to keep myself kind of contained in a box. I think that's one of the things I learned about alcoholism in that process is that for someone who is sober, 
they, in general, I think, have to live within a lot of rules and restrictions and regulations. At least this was how he was, he had had to set up his life in order to not relapse and to not drink. And so there was this very, it felt like a very small box in which he had to live in order to stay sober. And it was like, I had to be in there too. And that's not me at all. Like, I love traveling. I would travel for work. I would um, go out with girlfriends. I'm naturally like extroverted. I love hanging out with people, but all of that stuff was such a threat to him that it was, it was really, really hard. And around that time too. So I had actually, I first developed the eating disorder when I was like 15. Okay. Um, so it was something I struggled with for 17 years of my life. And so I did get treatment for it as a teenager and, um, it was, better because I, I either had to get better or go to the hospital and I decided I didn't want to go to the hospital so I got just good enough that I wouldn't go to the hospital but for anybody who's ever struggled with an eating disorder and I specifically was anorexia it's it gets such a hold on your psyche sure. and for my teen years when it was really bad, like I lived in constant fear of eating, constant fear of gaining weight. And what I learned through, through therapy and help with that is um, they tend, eating disorders tend to affect, you know, it's mainly women, but it's men as well. So I want to acknowledge that it's both. Um, but with the research that I've done into it, it's been primarily about the effect on women. And it's often with women who are highly sensitive. And if you're sensitive or empathetic, and there's any sort of like dis-ease or strain or stress in your household growing up, you can kind of take that on. And I remember that was a lot of what happened for me as a child is I would feel the, um, just the, uh, why am I not? It's a very simple word and I'm not thinking of it right now, but just like the strain between my parents growing up, they later on got a divorce and I really wanted to make everyone happy and I couldn't. And so I think I internalized a lot of that and found that I can't control all this stuff going on outside of me, but the one thing I felt like I could control was my eating. And I also felt like um, the smaller I got, the more attention I would get from other people. I was always a little like pudgy growing up. And when I started dieting, I started to get attention and I started to get, you know, recognition from boys. And, and so I had, it, it was manageable in my twenties, but it was still like secretly I was dealing with it. Um, and the only thing that really actually helped me there was finally admitting to, I was working with a coach, um, through my late twenties and early thirties. And it was finally admitting to her that I was struggling with this and I never told anybody about it because there was so much shame. And it was like every other piece of my life at this point, this was after I left the marriage and everything, every other piece of my life felt like it was going really well. And there was this one thing that I was still so ashamed of and so scared of talking about. I didn't want anybody to know. I was finally so fed up with it. I was like, this is holding me back in so many ways that I booked an intensive with her. And I was like, we're just going to, I need someone to help me tackle this head on. And um, I think it was bringing it to the light, bringing that struggle into the light and not keeping it in darkness anymore mm -hmm. and getting the support that helped me finally just kind of free myself. Sure. And it wasn't an overnight process. It probably took another year or so I would say to like really feel like I'm actually free from it um but it was just getting that support and getting help and not keeping it to myself anymore that helped me I think release so much of the pressure trying to keep it contained does that make sense 
Uh, yes. And I, I could kind of see how this all relates to you being a visibility coach, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're going to kind of transition a little bit into your business, but I'm going to, I just want to make a couple of comments where, you know, you talked about how when you were a child, you wanted to be visible to your dad. And then, you know, you, you chose to, you know, have an eating disorder and, you know, be anorexic, which led you to be um, more attractive to boys and then in turn men. And so, you know, and just constantly like putting your hand up going, Hey, here I am. Here's me. Look at me, see me. And so I love that you took your upbringing and your journey and some of the things that have been painful and hurtful in your past, but you're, you're using them and you're strategizing with being visible and using that to build your brand and your company. So let's dive into that. <laughs> ah, yeah. Well, the journey to creating this company has also been an interesting one and um, we're only a year old. So um, the, the company that I'm a part of is called Brand Builders Group and I'm a founding team member of that company. And the backstory there is that when I first went into business with Rory and AJ, who are also my business partners at this company, it was a different business and it was a sales coaching business. And um, I did that for close to four years. And I had built this about this time last year, I had built up a really incredible business. It was a multiple six figure coaching business. I had clients from across the globe. Um, I had an incredible team that I absolutely loved leading, loved supporting. I had really been intentional as well in that process about building my brand in the sales coaching space. And so I had done daily like sales tip videos and had built a pretty influential brand in the sales world. I was traveling around doing workshops, you know, consulting, speaking, et cetera. And um, in May of last year, there was some giant upheaval within the company, some very unexpected things happened. And Rory and AJ left. And um, I was left with the choice of what I was gonna do because all of a sudden my leadership and the people who I had built such deep relationships with were gone and I could no longer even communicate with them. It was a very hard process. I went through about a month of trying to figure out what I was gonna do, if I was gonna stay or if I was gonna go. And ultimately, I realized I had to go because it, it dawned on me that I was no longer invested in the success of my team members the way I had been before. And I knew that for their sake, I had to get out. So I ended up having a very stressful, tumultuous exit from that company last uh-huh. year. Uh, as a partner in the company, it was, it was just, it was, it was messy. And when I exited, um, just part of the process of the exit was that I had to cut off communication with everyone I had known. So I had to cut off communication with team members, clients. I had to remove all my social posts I had done for the four years that had anything to do with sales related stuff. So all of a sudden, and it ties in with what I do now, but I went from feeling extremely visible, extremely successful, extremely like on top of the world with what I was going to do to suddenly feeling totally invisible. And it's like, boom, like that, your entire reputation, your entire brand can just go away. And that was a really interesting time in my life because it, again, spoke to, I think for each of us, how much we want to be seen, to be heard, to be recognized, to make an impact. And when that suddenly is gone, it can feel 
feels really rough. It was a really hard time. And, um, but there was beautiful lessons that came from it. And one of the things that happened was those of us who exited the company around the same time, including Rory and AJ came back together and we formed this new company brand builders group, which is ironically, it's about the power of reputation. It's about the power of having a personal brand. It's about the power of being visible and being seen. And how do you build a reputation where it doesn't matter what company you're with or what you're doing that because you are you, people will want to work with you. People want to follow you. People are engaged with your message. And so um, I can empathize with anyone who right now is feeling like they're either um, not as visible as they want to be or like they're not clear on what their brand is gonna be about or they're struggling in that journey because it's just been now a little over a year for me that I've had to do this whole rebuilding process. But it's part of why I'm so passionate about what I do now because I get it. <laughs> and I also know that when you are building a brand, there's often insecurity that can come up about, well, who am I to be visible in this space? Who am I to share this message? Who am I to to be seen and known and heard in this way and one of the big lessons and i think this you probably can relate to this given just your life story is it's like life is short and you have to just go for it right like there's not time to be insecure and to give energy and attention to your doubts and your insecurities fuel that energy into your dream fuel that energy into what you're feeling called to create so that's a very long answer to that. <laughs> I couldn't do that question. <laughs> I couldn't agree more because you know when we let our ego talk and when we let our ego hold us back from you know our true passion, you know we're always worried about what other people are going to think, what other people are going to say, what other people are going, you know. And so that's why we hold back from being, from following our dreams, from being our true selves, from you know, building the brands that we want to build or the dreams that we want to build. Yeah, there's not time for that. I mean, that's, that's really been such a lesson for me over the past year is just, there's not time for it. Like right after the exit happened, I was co-hosting a podcast, right? Up until recently before then, I had co-hosted a podcast called Linking Into Sales. These two guys, Martin Brosman and Greg Heyer, and they were like my big brothers. I absolutely loved them. And, um, about a month after my exit, Greg died unexpectedly in his sleep. He was 39 years old. And it was just like this major wake up call to me of, I don't know how much time I have. And I really want to play all out. And I think it's just an interesting element of being a human that there's like part of us that feels like we have forever. And I think if we didn't feel like that, sometimes we would like go crazy. Right. Also have to remind yourself of the significance of every single day that you are blessed to be on this planet of if you have a calling if you feel called to give a message to do something not everybody has that calling it's not by accident I don't think we're given our desires by accident and all you have to do is take the next step forward in it but there's not time to get caught up in your head and play small and doubt yourself like now is the time to go for it Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I know, I mean, and just from your experience and listening to your life story, you know, like you just said, we're not promised tomorrow. We just really are not. And so you can't take any of this with you, including what's in your head. So why not just share it and 
give it to those who want to learn and want to take that from you. Yes, I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to acknowledge you for a couple of things. First of all, and I know my podcast listeners cannot see you, but you are beautiful on the outside as well as on the inside. So I want to acknowledge you for that. And then I also want to tell you, um, thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing your story and being real and, and being authentic. So I want to acknowledge you for that. And then lastly, how can we get a hold of you and how can we find out about you? Yes. Well, thank you so much. I've just, you have a beautiful soul and a beautiful spirit. And, um, and I, I enjoy talking about this stuff because this is like the, this is the important stuff and sure. we don't always get the opportunity to talk about it. So thank you for that. Um, so you can find me online anywhere. Just Elise Archer. It's E-L-Y-S-E. A-R-C-H-E-R. So I'm on all social media. Um, EliseArcher.com is my website. And then my team and I actually have a, what I think is a pretty cool um, free course that your listeners can take. So um, one of the things that we've done over the past year of forming this company is we've had the honor and the privilege of working with some of the biggest personal brands in the world to help them go to the next level. So we've worked with clients like, you know, Lewis Howes and Julie Solomon and just some very, very big influential personal brands and we've kind of bottled up what we have worked with them on and what we teach them in this course and so we created this course called first step to famous and it's kind of like what are the if you're wanting to build your brand yeah. what are the first steps you need to be thinking about and um and doing and so your listeners can get that at ea.brandbuildersgroup.com so it's ea.brandbuildersgroup.com they can get that free course and hopefully get some good guidance on what the next steps are for them to build their own personal brand awesome thank you and i'll make sure and link everything up in the show notes including the the free course that you had offered thank you lisa i appreciate it thanks elise i appreciate it if you like what you hear and you want to know more information, you could contact me at lisa at recognizeyourtruth.com. I also sell my sticky notes on my website at recognizeyourtruth.com. If you are looking to launch a podcast and you want to know step-by-step step how to do it, I have a course that is starting in January, but I have a free guidebook on how to launch a podcast where I put a lot of great content and information in there and you can get that in the show notes. The music is Genuine by Julio Ortiz. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed day.